This podcast contains spoilers, might contain explicit language, and is not made for anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to John vs. Film, and today... We are taking a look at the final solo or I guess Mothra centric movie or you know in this batch you know just sort of the Mothra is the title main lead you know whatever uh, anyway the last Mothra movie that does not include Godzilla let's go with that and that is Rebirth of Mothra 3 or also known as Mothra 3 King Ghidorah I hope I said that right. <laughs> and yeah, this is the final entry of the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy. And here's how we do things on John vs. Film. I give you a brief little synopsis that I wrote up. I talk about five things I like and then five things I dislike. Then I wrap it all up with my overall thoughts. However, since I'm not going to be doing a bonus episode with a tier list because it's like, what, four movies? I'm just going to end things off with a personal ranking of these four movies. So, with that out of the way, I'm going to increase the gain a little bit. Hopefully that does things a little better. I'm just looking a little bit low on the recording, but anyways, without further ado... Let's get on with it. In, <clears throat> I'm sorry. In the final installment of the trilogy, Mothra faces off against her most powerful adversary to date, King Ghidorah. Mothra will have to travel back to the Jurassic era if he if he has any hope of saving humanity and the Earth. Yeah, I'm trying a little cool trailer voice thing for the synopsis and yeah you know Mothra fights King Ghidorah and uh yeah that that's a little synopsis and anyway I'm also on the assumption that you've either watched it or don't care about spoilers so anyway uh on to the things I like uh the first thing I like is that uh this one has a little like couple sub notes is that because I think this is like the big one. It's that the movie actually raises the stakes. If you listened to last week's episode, you know my problem with uh, Rebirth of Mothra 2 is that it didn't feel like it raised the stakes at all. It just felt like, oh, instead of the forest, it's the ocean now. You know, that was one of the problems I had with the last movie. But here, no, the, the stakes are actually raised from the first two. Like, you have a sense of like, Oh, this is like a lot more serious. Like, first off, Ghidorah is abducting children to kill them. That's a that's already like a raising the stake right there because we've seen in the last two Mothra movies that children actually help Mothra and the Eliases to you know save the day. So Ghidorah are just going in and straight up abducting children. Into this little orb thing to, you know, drown them with acid, pretty much. You know, that was like, oh, crap, you know. 
Like that's that's not good, but it gets better because, or I should say worse, depending how you feel. It gets better in terms of how the stakes are raised, but worse for our characters because Laura, one of the good fair, you know, aliases uh, from Mothra, uh, the blue, the one that dresses in blue, she actually gets you know controlled, like her mind controlled by Gadar and tries to kill her sisters, Mole and Belvera. And that's like, holy crap. This movie is now holding punches. We got a dark, you know, ma like it's not like Belvera in the first uh two movies where, you know, she was like the mischievous one or, you know, Laura became like a cold blooded killer. Like and that's not all. Belvera, who was an antagonist in the previous two movies, that were the ones that, uh, you know, were trying to wipe out humanity herself and whatnot, you know, all causing, you know, like uh, mischievous things to happen. Uh, she actually is like, okay, no, King Ghidorah is an actual serious threat. Ah, uh, you know, I I think we gotta fight together, sis. Uh, sisters, you know, like, uh, hey, you might want to help, you know, like, she actually fights for good, and she teams up with Laura near the end to fight Ghidorah, like, that is a good raise the stakes right there when the previous villain f ends up fighting for good, or, you know, fights against the main antagonist, you know the antagonist is a threat. Uh, Mothra ends up, like, uh, getting... A massive beating in this movie. I mean, holy crap. It was like the prop was getting burnt, torn, torn apart. It was, oof. And ba Mothra basically sacrifices himself by going to the Jurassic era to stop you know, Ghidorah when Ghidorah wiped out the dinosaurs. Because uh, there was because it was only Mole that was helping Mothra go back in time. Mothra had no way of going back to the present. You know, so Mothra's story, you know, that raises stakes. But the final thing that raises the stakes is that Mole, the uh, alias that was like sort of like the responsible, you know. Like knowledgeable one, like the wise one of the three Elias sisters, dies. Straight up dies and, you know, turns into a crystal body. Like, that is a good way to say, hey, if one of the, you know, main characters of the, you know, trilogy, one that, like, recurring character of the trilogy dies, that is a good way, you know, way to raise this. Like, this movie. Props on for really raising the stakes for this final entry. Next up, I want to give a shout out to the human cast. I think this was the best human cast in the trilogy. I didn't care for the la the human cast in the previous movie. And while I liked the human cast in the first movie, I could also tell they were sort of, you know, the generic, you know, family with issues. You know, we got the overworking dad. We got the siblings fighting with each other and... The mom who, you know, always has to take care of the kids, you know, and 
it was sort of, you know, generic and stuff. But here it feels like more of a, like, this family is, it feels more real. There's three siblings. Uh, Shota, I think that was his name. Let me look up on IMDb. Yeah, Shota, he was the main kid. And there was a mother and father. And their dynamic was a lot more interesting and it felt a bit more real. Like, these felt less like archetypes and more like actual characters. Uh, and I really loved the family scene at the beginning of the movie. I will talk about them a little bit, but there's not much I can talk about them in this section. And I'll, I'll get to why in the dislikes. And next up, I I guess I briefly touched upon this in the first point, but it's uh, Balvira having a character arc throughout the trilogy. Yeah, that, that was like, you know, it's very interesting to see Belvira have such a, like, an actual character arc throughout the movie, like, the three movies, and makes her the most interesting character by the end of this trilogy. Because she goes off, you know, starts off with, you know, unleashing Descadora and wanting to wipe out humanity. And then the second movie, she still wants to wipe out humanity, but she's you know, a little more subdued and she actually, you know, gives a reason as to why she thinks humanity doesn't deserve to live, but ends up, you know, helping humans escape the temple by the end of the movie. And here, while she starts off with her own selfish goal, she is saddened to hear that Mole's, you know, like she was shocked to hear that Mole died. She actually... Ended up fighting for, you know, against Ghidorah, like I mentioned, you know, with Laura. Like, she, you know, reunited with her sisters. And it's just like, now, it's not the most well-executed character arc in media, I think. Uh, it has some problems, but overall, it makes her the more interesting out of the, you know, Elias sisters because of that, you know long character arc throughout the three movies. Uh, next up is I really like the prehistoric scenes where, you know, Mothra travels back to the land of the dinosaurs. We get to see the little dinosaur puppets. And I just love those scenes, you know, the setting I love. I like the lighting, you know, when Mothra first travels back. I love the Ghidorah suit. Well, I love both Ghidorah suits. I love the prehistoric Ghidorah a bit more. Uh, just it feels more, you know, a jet, <clears throat> uh, athletic, I guess. I don't know. You know, that's a bit slimmer. I love the legs. You know, it's really cool. You know, and again, no shade to the one we see, but it's more, I don't know. I, I guess I have a preference. And also the fight scenes in the prehistoric uh, setting, I think is the some of the best in the you know trilogy because we uh, get to see Mothra like you know claw the crap out of one of the Ghidorah heads. You know it's not just you know you know like flying against each other or you know beam spamming. You know it, like there's like legit brutality going on. You know between Mothra and Ghidorah in these scenes. It, it was really cool. And finally, I want to say I think the effects here are the best in the trilogy. While I've had like problems with the effects in the previous two movies, 
you know, just here and there with CGI and stuff. Here, I thought that, no, the effects are, you know, the best that they've been in the trilogy. Granted, uh, I don't think they, they... I think they could have still been better because, you know, we have, at this point, we've had, you know, the Heisei Godzilla movies previously to compare it to. We have the Gamma Heisei trilogy. And more importantly, we have Ultraman, you know, to compare to Ultraman was, you know, actually airing on TV at this time. You know, so we have... I, I want to focus on Gamera and Mothra for a second. I mean, not Mothra, uh, Ultraman. They've had much lower budgets than Toho's willing to give, you know, to their movies. Like, Super Eye and uh, Dai, they didn't have the money Toho has, yet the effects in the Gamera movies and the Ultraman show still feel a bit more impressive than the Mothra trilogy, but I, I I made this into a backhand compliment, but I do find that the effects here are, again, the best in the trilogy, and while I had some issues with it, you know, it's, I think the pros of the effects outweigh the flaws, at least when, especially when you compare it to the previous two movies, you could tell it's like, you know what, yeah, I think the effects here, they went all out with, and yeah, that was my final like. So we're off to the dislikes. Uh, first thing, I know this might be a controversial opinion, but allow me to explain myself. I don't like King Ghidorah's the villain in this movie. Now, I think King Ghidorah is a great villain in this movie. I actually think, I know the original intent was to have Rodan be the villain before the top brass said, nah, King Ghidorah is more popular and he's more of a villain him instead and I agree with them you know especially how they handled you know you know terror from the sky you know that's like it's more of King Ghidorah's motives you know so I'm saying all these praises about King Ghidorah and you know so it's like oh it sounds like you do like King Ghidorah why do you have an issue with him being the villain in the movie and that is because of Descadora. you know Descadora is a Ghidorah, you know, it's like, so Mothra already fought a Ghidorah, you know, creature. Uh, granted, yeah, this Ghidorah is not King Ghidorah, but it's still a three-headed dragon-like kaiju of destruction. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, it's more of like, if this Ghidorah wasn't the villain in the first movie, I would be a lot more, I would have no issues with Ghidorah being the villain in this movie, but it's the fact that it's like, okay, you kind of just, it's not as interesting as it would have been, you know, like Mothra fighting Ghidorah in this movie would be a lot more interesting if this Ghidorah wasn't the villain in the first movie. Uh, it's like, it's really like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> like, seriously. Uh, it's, uh, like, I, I don't know the words to describe it, but it's like, you're not giving Mothra a really good wide range of villains to go against, you know? You're basically staying the same. And even though, yeah, the villain, the last Mothra movie wasn't in Ghidorah, it was still a dragon-like kaiju, just this time it didn't have multiple heads. You know, so it's kind of a bummer that it's like, you really can't think of a 
different kaiju for Mothra to go against? Really, guys? Come on. Yeah, so I think it's just a bit of a bummer on the creative side. You know, it's just like Mothra's fighting Ghidorah once again. It's like Mothra only has the Ghidorah as a villain. Nobody remembers the last villain in the Rebirth of Mothra 2. Uh, next point I dislike is that Maul comes back to life at the end. I, I was just like, nah. I mean, I get it. It's a kid's movie and you want to have a happy ending. But still, I I was like, no. As Me as the cynical adult wants death to stay death. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like that she died. But she, I, I would rather have her stay died. You know, stay dead. Uh, it's just more impactful that way. But no, she comes back to life at the end. Huzzah. You know, it's just... I don't know. It's more of me as the cynical adult. Yeah, I guess, you know, as a kid, I would have wanted and would have been happy if Mole came back to life at the end. But I'm just like... Again, as the adult, I'm like, nah, stick with it. Stick with your decision. Don't back out. Don't don't back out of that. Uh... Yeah, so that was my second dislike. Uh, third thing I dislike is uh, I did not really see uh, improvement over the Mothra song sequence. I noted in the last movie where I thought, yeah, you know what, the Mothra song, that was an improvement over the first movie's, you know, Mothra song sequence. Uh, the problem here is that it's just, it's basically the same as the last movie, Rebirth of Mothra 2's uh, Mothra song sequence. I think, you know, maybe, like, they changed the song up a little bit, but I'm talking about visually rise with the camera and then flying over the city on ferry. It's the same thing, except they don't, you know, brush against or... Uh, no, that wasn't even in the last movie. My bad. I'm just saying, like, uh, I was thinking of an airplane, uh, from the first movie, but what I'm saying is it's just, again, it's ba it's basically the same sequence as the last movie. I, I would have loved a bit more creativity for the Mothra song sequence. I know this seems like a nitpick, and it probably is, but I think, no, this is the, gosh darn, no, wait, I'm, I forgot. Explicit language. This is the fucking gosh darn monster song sequence. <laughs> uh, God damn it. <laughs> I, I, uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, fourth point is that there's time travel shenanigans. Uh, Heisei, the Heisei Toho Kaiju movies and time travel. They just don't work well with each other uh, because Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah caused a whole lot of time travel shenanigans for the entire Heisei series. Um, but here, at least the time travel shenanigans are only affecting this movie, but how they execute the time travel shenanigans, it's, it's so weird. Like, it doesn't, like... Uh, it's basically Mothra goes and kills Ghidorah in the past, so and that causes Ghidorah in the present to get hurt and then disappear, and the children are free. Yet, Belvere actually brings up the point in the movie. It's like, wait, if history actually 
changed, then why are we still here? Like, we shouldn't be here. And it proves that, oh, Ghidorah's actually still alive. Haha. -ha. JK, LOL. But it's just like... So, you know, time travel shenanigans. That's all I'm going to leave it as. I... I can't really explain it because it's it's so confusing, like how it, how the movie executes the time travel with defeating Ghidorah in the past. And also it's like, what about the dinosaurs? Ghidorah was the reason the dinosaurs went extinct. If Mazra really killed Ghidorah, uh, boy, uh, humanity, that, that would be a very uh, problematic you know, for dinosaurs to basically... <laughs> be still roaming around the earth, we probably wouldn't be having a civilization like it is right now. Uh, yeah, so time travel shenanigans. And the last point is that I did touch upon this in the likes, and that is the human cast gets lost in the plot. Yeah, so they had like a great introduction in the beginning, and there's a couple moments sprinkled throughout the movie but overall, the human cast, especially the two younger siblings, get completely lost in the movie. I think uh, the only human character that doesn't get shafted is because Shota is like involved with the aliases, you know. So he actually has you know a lot of character to him. But yeah, it's essentially the overall movie's plot. It gets it causes the human cast to get lost in the plot, which is a shame because I think this is genuinely the best, you know, human cast in the trilogy, you know, and it's, uh, I think they could have executed, you know, how they implemented the human cast into the plot a bit better. And yeah, that was my final dislike. So I'm going to give you my overall thoughts and talk about, and give you my own Mothra ranking. So anyway, overall thoughts. While I personally like the first entry more, I also think that this is the best entry of the Rebirth trilogy. It raises the stakes and is a vast improvement over the last film. Still, some of the flaws from previous movies are still present in this one. And yeah, that is the Rebirth of Mothra 3. And yeah, I'll just end it off with my ranking. So, number 4, Rebirth of Mothra 2. Boring movie. Number three, Rebirth of Mothra three. I uh, didn't watch it as a kid. That's why it's at number three. Rebirth of Mothra one. Loved it as a kid. That's why it's number two. And number one, Mothra. I mean, no offense to the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy, but it wasn't exactly a competition. The first Mothra movie from 1961. Easy winner. <laughs> Easy, my easily my favorite, and I think by the time this uh, podcast episode comes out, I've had a monster video out on my YouTube channel, Henshin John, which you might be listening to on this channel anyway. So, uh, if you want to check out the video essay on Mothra, go ahead and uh, look for it on my YouTube channel, Henshin John. And anyway, that's it for this episode. Next week. We're going to be, because it's going to be the month of October, I'm going to be talking about some of the horror, like horror adjacent related, horror like movies that Toho 
has produced for the month of October, and we're going to start things off with Rodan. So yeah, that's it. Uh, make sure if you're listening to this on YouTube, drop a like, hit the subscribe button, and all that fancy things. To go in the comments to tell me what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. Dislike it if you don't like Mothra, you, you criminal, you jerk. And this podcast is also available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean.com, and Podcast Attic. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.